Oh, postpartum. That blurry, blissful time after you have your baby. But what's it really like? What can you expect? How does it really feel to bring a new baby home? Hey, I'm Chelsea, and here on the Postpartum Project, I get to talk to real moms about their postpartum experiences, because I believe that sharing our stories can help other moms feel seen and less alone. Yep, it's messy, but it's also pretty magical. Welcome to the Postpartum Project. On today's episode, I'm talking to Jen Blair Bianco. She's a mom of three boys, and today she tells her story of a cesarean followed by two home births and how each experience led her to a more and more restful postpartum. Here's Jen's story. Oh my golly, Jen Blair. This has been such a long time coming, and I'm so excited to hear your story today. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for inviting me and just being open to having this like virtual conversation on Instagram yes <laughs> I know and it's amazing it's oh. it's a conversation that needs to be had um you know regardless who you're talking to I think just like normalizing this and talking about postpartum about birth stories and and connecting with all types of women who have experienced this um it's just something that like I never grew up learning that it was okay to talk about birth stories it's like oh my mom had four c-sections and that's it like I didn't know like about this thing that we call postpartum healing or this fourth trimester. It's like, what is this? Oh, so I'm glad that we're talking about this today together. Me too. Me too. So tell me about yourself and your family and all the stuff. Tell me what you do and all that good stuff. Okay. So a quick introduction. Okay. Yes. I'm Jen Blair Bianco. I am, um, I, I'm currently living out of Chicago. My husband and I, we are both actors by trade. We went to school for uh, theater and then ended up strangely enough doing more film television commercial work in our careers. Like, I don't know how, I mean, I know how that happened, but like I never in my wildest dreams thought that that was you know, kind of where we would end up in terms of our careers. Um, so we lived in New York City for three years after we married, the Philippines for five. Uh, that's where my first son was born in the Philippines. And we moved to China for two years and then we're back home. And we've been here um, for about three years now, back in my old hometown, which is like, I never thought we would end up back here. And it's great. It's, it's we now have three children. <laughs> So it's um, been quite a journey um, in terms of just, you know, where where we were professionally and then like starting our own family and mixing and balancing the family life, um, self-care, right? Because that's oh, important. That's yeah. what we're talking about, right? Self-care and our professional lives because we are also, you know, we're self-employed, right? Yeah. So uh, finding finding that balance is, um, you know, been a challenge, but also beautiful and exciting. And, and, uh, yeah, so we're just doing life together. I get, yeah. I, I get to live my life with my tribe and that's awesome. Oh, I love it so much. So, uh, you have three children and yes. I would love for you to start by telling us about your first pregnancy, birth, postpartum, all that. Yes. Okay. So because of our time, I'll try to keep I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. Okay, so um, I was what, like 29, I think, when I found out that I was pregnant with him. So, um, you know, 
uh, and we're parents that like to find out the <laughs> the gender in advance. Yeah. I mean, not that it really matters because at the end of the day, it's really who you are raising. Sure. It, you know, and I like thinking about that, like, okay, who is this person? Who is this person going to be? Instead of thinking like, oh, it's going to be a boy or it's going to be a girl. Right. I love that. I love thinking about it like, okay, this is a person that, you know, like who are they meant to be in this world, right? Yeah. So anyway, so I found out that we were having this beautiful boy, David Isaiah. Um, I uh, was, I had planned to do a home birth with a midwife and a doula. Love them very much. They are amazing. I got connected with our uh, midwife through our church that we were going to at the time. And um, she's amazing. Like they have a whole birth center there in the Philippines. Um, but I decided to give birth at home because, um, you know, I just wanted to be comfortable, right? In my own space. Um, And that was kind of interesting because I never even thought that I would ever want to give birth at home. Like, what is that? Like, especially because we in, in the United States, we we were so used to more of a medical mindset right and that's fine like you know that's just that's just how we were how I was raised at least um so we went to you know I I sought out this uh midwife um my doula she's like Irina she's amazing I gotta like send you all that info anyways please Okay, moving on. Um, so <laughs> I like trying to think. Like, there's so much to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I I started laboring at home. I ended up laboring with him for like. Oh, and I also was recommended to get a an OB, and mm. it was just like through word of mouth from a family member of mine. And um, I didn't really do so much research on the OB. Like, I didn't ask her like, how many C sections have you done? How many like natural birth, vaginal births have you not done, but like attended? Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, and or assisted, right? And I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't really like, I, I feel like at the time I did all this research, Mm. but like my capacity, I I think we're in different stages of life, right? Like right now I feel like I can download a lot of information and like absorb it. Whereas at that time I thought I had done a ton of research. I thought the fact that I was even seeking a doula at the time, like seven years ago was like, what? You know, like <laughs> yeah. who does that? Who does that? Um, I'm, I was, I was fortunate enough to have worked for like years prior, um, as a nanny for a woman who happened to be a doula. And oh. that's the first time I ever heard about what a doula was. Okay. Right. So anyway, so I knew I wanted a doula to help me through birth and I was like, okay, I can do this. I know like my body is like able to do this. I, I went in with all of these high hopes. I also had a plan for home birth and a plan for, for in case of emergency C-section, including like vaginal swabbing, like where you take the, you know, the, the gauze and put the microbiome over the baby, you know, put it in a sterile container. So cool that the hospital, like that they are open to that. But anyway, some hospitals in the United States are not cool with that. They're just not used to it. Right. But anyway, that being said, I labored for like 20 hours Um, naturally at home, like it was a situation where, um, I felt the contractions for a long period of time. And then finally, eventually that was like three in the morning. And then the next day my water broke at like seven or 8 PM. Um, and then it like escalated from there, but then it turned out that 
our son was asynclitic. His head was like tilted and it was really hard for him and to get out and, and he, he was pressing on a nerve. Um, and I was exhausted. Yeah. I was exhausted hours and hours and hours, like 21 hours of just like n- never knowing like when this is like going to move forward. Like, and, and at the time I didn't want to have any like internal exam, like from our, or I didn't want to be checked by my midwife until I really asked her for it, at which point I did eventually. And then, it, you know, because I didn't want to get into that mindset of like, oh, if I'm only three centimeters, I don't want to be like disappointed. Right. So I ended up getting checked and it was like five or six centimeters. And then, you know, I was disappointed because <laughs> I was like, when is this going to move forward? So long story short, um, I mean, there were other factors of this other, of this birth that just, you know, kind of played into my mindset at the time, Mm -hmm. but I ended up asking to transfer to the hospital, which was five minutes across the street, like right across the street. And I knew that it was there in case. So I asked to go three times Uh and they said, are you sure? And I wanted them to say, no, Jen, you, are you sure? You know, you said that you didn't want to. Um, And they did that for me. But then eventually they, um, at the third time I asked, I I had to like really think about it. And I said, yes, I really do need that relief. So I talked about it with my midwife and she said, okay, so what I suggest is you can go there, ask for an epidural, just sleep on that so you can get rest and then try to push vaginally because ultimately we wanted to have a vaginal birth. Get to the hospital. They brought me in. They wanted me to have a C-section immediately. I said, nope. And I, I laid down, you know, my doula came with me. They didn't let the midwife come in. So it was just me and my doula and my mom and my husband, David, at the time, my husband was amazing the whole time. He was there, very supportive. Um, and we go in and they won't let the doula, they, the, the doula was in the room with me. Um, Arena was with me. Um, and I got the epidural and I felt so, huge relief. Yeah. Like I couldn't feel anything. So then I slept <laughs> for five hours. Yeah. I was like, this is great. I sleep, I slept for five hours. And then and then I didn't progress. Mm. I also had three people that I never knew check me. Right. Never knew these people, never seen them in my life, but they checked me and I was like, okay, all right. There's three people that are just very much hello, you know? Yeah. And, um, and eventually they said, you know, your water is broken for so many hours. It's really, we really, you, you don't have a choice. They actually said, you don't have a choice. You have to get, you have to get an, a C-section. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't have a choice, you know? Um, I, I, thinking back, I would have asked to wait a little bit longer to see if I could still try, but I ended up, I, I had to like tell them to leave, you know, go out of the, you know, room and, you know, make a decision with my husband to like say yes and sign off on the papers. Then I ended up with a C-section and that was very traumatizing for mm-hmm. me because I felt like, okay, all of those guilt, right? Like a lot, a lot of people have experienced this, you know, like when you have that one mindset, you know, so then. I had had a C-section. I was up and walking in like two weeks, mm. like in like pushing the stroller outside. I wasn't even aware of how important it was for me to rest, especially because I had a major abdominal surgery. Yeah. 
like, it was like no big deal. I'm out and I'm out and about and I'm not really caring for myself in the way I needed to. My son latched pretty well, but then I had to go to a a lactation consultant because it was like so painful. Mm. I figured out how to properly like hold him and everything. Um, But then soon after that, we moved to the, to China and I had no, like, no, I can't speak, couldn't speak Chinese at the time. And I really struggled uh, being alone. And so I had like my postpartum depression didn't really come until like three to six months after I had the baby, Mm. because that's when I started to really process and think about what just happened. And now I'm here alone while my husband is out working and I'm in here with my son and I'm like, I'm like, not like, I'm not really, uh, socializing with anyone. Yeah. It, it was really, really hard. So that was my first. Birth. Wow. So sorry. No, that, <laughs> that was, was a long great. story. But that like, was great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So um, that was the first. I can briefly touch on the yes, second, please. which was entirely different. Yes, so the second one with Solomon John. Okay. So our son's names are David Isaiah. We call him DI, Solomon John SJ and Jericho Thomas JT. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. We we really like these initial names. So um so with Solomon John, uh, we had moved back to the United States at the at this point. Okay. Um I was like, I already had a C-section. I'm going to give birth, try for a VBAC at a hospital because it's safe for me to be in a hospital. This is my mindset at the time. It's safer for me to be in a hospital in case anything happens. So I found an OB, um, you know, like actually recommended by a woman at the gym who used to be an OB, no longer. But um, when I started talking with him, you know, I'd wait for like an hour and then go in for only 20 minutes and then hi and bye. Right. And he would always, he, he would always, and he said this, like every time I went in for a meeting with him or, or like a, an appointment, a checkup, he would always say, or he would, he would not, I kept asking him and pressing him on the, the, the question of, do I really need an epidural upon arrival? Because I don't want an epidural upon arrival. I don't want to give birth with an epidural period. Well, you do need an epidural because you are high risk since you had a C-section already. Um, and we just want to make sure that in case you do need to get a C-section that you're ready already. I'm like, mm. yeah, but that doesn't like, that doesn't set well with me. I ended up meeting his team, another set of doctors that happened to be twins. And I talked to them too. And they both said the same thing. And I was like, what? Ah. Turns out that my doctor ended up not being available for my birth. And so I, I sought out a doula because I knew I wanted to have someone to be there to help support me and to help get me into a place, a mindset to help me advocate for myself. I mean, I I can always say, we can always say like doulas help advocate for us, but like, I think a really good doula is someone who helps you advocate for you, right? Like, and I love that because it's a partnership and it's a connection that you have with this person that can bring you all the knowledge and to also, um, you know, just be there as an emotional support, right? So um, I put it out on Facebook. (laughs) My midwife told me about two different doulas in the Chicagoland area. And I reached out to one of them and I spoke to her on the phone for 45 minutes. She gave me 45 minutes of her time while she was on the road. She was on speakerphone and she said, let's meet next week. Turns out she's also a midwife. And we met at a Panera, like like in the middle, like in between where she lived and and where I live. And, um, and she then 
you know, we kind of came to that conclusion that like, I actually really do want to have a VBAC and I don't want to have any intervention. And she, she told me that she specialized in, um, you know, first time moms and VBAC moms as a home birth mm. midwife. And she's also a doula. Oh. So at first she, her, I think she started her career as a doula and then became a midwife, but she's like been to over like 1700 births. I mean, like she's amazing. Wow. And so I instantly connected with her. And that was the point when I was like, because the, the, the lesson that I learned from the first one was that I didn't really, I, and I was told by my doula as well as some of my friends that you can change your practitioner. If you don't feel comfortable with your OB, you can change. And I didn't do that because I was afraid that I'd hurt her feelings. Well, I have to say this. I'm mm. saying it now. I'm saying it now so that everybody who's listening, if you are pregnant, don't worry about hurting your care provider's feelings. If you are not jiving with them, if you feel off in any way, you have the choice to choose and do that research yourself and find the person that is going to vibe with you, that is going to support you, right? Like that was the biggest lesson that I learned. So I, it turned out my OB couldn't even be there for the second birth. So I was like, this is perfect. This is like all the stars are aligning. And this is like, I gave birth in January and I changed to my midwife like October 29th or something. So it was so like far in my pregnancy and I switched over and I had a beautiful home birth. Yeah. Yeah. A home birth, an H back, a home birth after cesarean. And I just like it was a long, it was also long, but not nearly as long as the other one. And like, that was totally different. Like my water broke, it was trickling and my contractions didn't start. And then like, I had to like help start uh, my contractions with like pumping, like every 15 minutes on uh-huh. 15 minutes off to get my contractions to start, walked around the block, did all the things. And then finally it got going and I was in active labor, which seemed like forever. But then eventually when it came time to push, you know, I pushed for about an hour maybe. And then he was out and it seemed like, mm-hmm. okay, the end is at sight in, in sight. Yeah. And I, and I gave birth and I felt so like, I didn't have any postpartum depression, but then this time around I was like focusing. So I didn't mention this when I introduced myself, but like I, um, you know, focus more on, well, okay. So I also educate about essential oils and that's big, a big part of my lifestyle with my family. So I used essential Mm -hmm. oils. I exercised, I ate well, I took supplements. I did everything different Mm -hmm. the second time around than the first. I read more books. I like researched. I just really like, I really dug into caring for myself the second time around. Mm, Whereas the first I was like, yeah. I'd eat like all the food and I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. I would like yeah. have like a whole Snickers bar. And I'm like, Oh my God. And it's okay. My midwife did say it's okay to have a Snickers bar, but like not one, one or two every single day. Like, <laughs> you know, anyway, so yeah, so that was the second one. And I would say my postpartum journey with that, I didn't have depression. I did have my placenta turn into capsules for all three of my babies. Um, so I did have that as a support, like just help support me in my healing. But, um, I did belly binding also with the first and the second and, um, like Ben Kung belly binding and, and yeah. Yeah. And, um, I also use my oils to help me support my second birth, um, and postpartum journey. 
Um, but I would say I didn't lay in nearly as long as I did with the third. So I didn't like take yes. the time to heal or take the time to care as much for myself with the first, with the second as my third. So like the second one I cared more for, you know, like this time around, I feel like, okay, now I need to really care for myself. So mm. now I'm, yeah. Yes. So that's my second story. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. I love it. And I love how this is like progressing. Mm-hmm. So, so then now tell me about pregnancy, birth with your third. And I'm very interested to know because you, you uh, did a lying in with your third and I'm excited for you to tell us about that. Absolutely. So pregnancy and all that with your third. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So Jericho Thomas's birth was like, and you know, this is something that I think, and maybe other moms feel differently, but this is how I felt with mine. The way that they are in the womb is, is a very good, um, I don't know, like I could just tell who their person, like who these people were when they were like in the womb. Um, because the, the, the way that they came into the world and also the way that you know, I see them now. I mean, it's just that it's just their personality. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get it. You know no, I no, mean? I totally feel you. Yeah. Right? Like they just, and I felt that with Jericho Thomas, especially because like SJ, our second one is like, he does backflips. Like he is our climber, our monkey. He's all over the place. And he was like that in the womb. Whereas JT, <laughs> JT was like quiet all the time and just so peaceful. And I remember that during the entire pregnancy, I was like, this baby is just so chill. Like this child is going to be the peace baby. He's just so peaceful. Oh. I will say he's the longest sleeper. He sleeps through the night. He's only five months old now. You know, <laughs> God knew that I needed him because he like, seriously, <laughs> seriously, especially with like having three kids, like it's, it's a lot. And I'm just so grateful to have him. But anyway, so the, the, the pregnancy leading up to this was a mix between the first and the second. In a yeah. way, there were a lot of ways that I just, there were a lot of, Like I just surrendered and I didn't Mm. really research as much as the second, but I still researched enough to know that, okay, this is what I want, you know, but I, I I had the same birthing team essentially for the third, um, Mm -hmm. for the most part, two of the same, two of the same midwives and my sister-in-law who came and my best friend and my mom. I mean, I need a tribe. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a huge group in the second birth and a huge, even bigger group in the third. And it was just like, I needed my tribe of women and my husband there and my children. So my third one, my, both of my kids were there to witness their baby brother being born, which was huge. Like I did, I thought that there would be like, it would be weird, but I gave them, I gave our oldest the, that choice, you know, like the ba- the second one was just kind of sleeping on my friend's, on Annie's like shoulder. She was holding him and then DI was right next to me. So <clears throat> I thought it would be weird or strange, but I feel like that's probably the best gift I've ever given him because oh. he, we are normalizing something that should be completely normal. <laughs> in our society. Yes. Like we need that anyway. So I, um, yeah, I had a mix between like, you know, researching, but also just like, just trusting the process. 
Um, and I did exercise, but then this was also during 2020. So it was a little strange of just like staying inside, not going to the gym anymore, trying to like, you know, find this, exist in this very strange existence that we all were living in, right? Like we found out that we were, that I was pregnant in January. So this is before the shutdown <sighs> happened. So it's not as if it was, this was like a COVID, you know, like it's not as if this was a baby made during, you know, <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic, it was, he was already coming. Right. And so, um, but it was kind of, strange, but we just went with it. Right. I went with it. And then, and then, um, you know, did everything I could with, you know, supplementing and just eating well and, and didn't, did the best that I could all things considered. We also moved right before having the baby, which was super intense. Mm. Um, I wouldn't really recommend it, but if it has to be done, it can happen. It's possible. Just try to practice self-care in the midst of it. So we moved and then, um, the birth of JT was just insane because he came in like three hours. Wow. But with this one, it actually, not true. It seemed the active labor portion was like a three hour chunk of time. But before that, it was like a whole day of, am I in labor? I don't know. I'm just going to lie on the bed or on the couch, just hang out. Am I in labor? I'm texting the midwives. I don't really know what's going on. Like, hmm, you know, this whole like just trying to, you know, figure out if this is Braxton Hicks or what. Um, yeah. So I was just feeling fine the whole day. But I realize now that this was a gentle way of Jericho Thomas, like coming, like he was preparing himself. He was slowly adjusting and snuggling his little head in there and just like bringing himself down for a whole day before I actually gave birth. So technically I was like in labor the whole day before, but I didn't know it. And then I called mm. my midwives. Like, so I have my, my, one of my midwives lives farther away. And then the other one is like, what, 30 minutes. So so Becky is the other, like, so Becky is the one that's 30 minutes away. So I call, she's like, I'm just going to come over. It was like 830 at night. And, you know, she's like, you know, we're talking. She's like, I've seen it go both ways. Either A, this is like a false alarm and you can still be pregnant tomorrow. Or B, like the baby, you could really be in full relax mode. And just if you're relaxing, have that sip of wine, whatever, you know, just like totally relax do the essential oils, do the massage. Like, you know, <clears throat> my sister-in-law, who was my doula, um, who was there for the last one, uh, gave me a massage before I went to sleep, like the aromatherapy, all the things, just sleep. So I said, okay. So we lights out by 10 PM at night and we were all asleep. And then another hour I'm feeling the contractions. Okay. Like every five minutes or so. I'm like, this is weird, but this isn't, they're not like hard contractions. This is not like anything I've ever felt before. So here I'm just like hanging out and eventually midnight it comes around and I'm thinking like, this is very uncomfortable. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to message, uh, Lori Beth, the other mid, well, both of them actually, Becky and Lori Beth, and I messaged them and then they, they're like, okay, um, well, you know, Jen, just, just feel it out and give me a call when you get a chance. So it's maybe around one o'clock in the morning by this time, or I'm just like letting it be and just existing and just trying to feel out if this is really labor. And then I called her and everyone else is asleep. And my mom decided to stay overnight. She's like, I don't want to go home. I want to stay here. I said, <laughs> okay, fine. So 
I'm on the phone with her for 15 minutes. And then I think she's probably like monitoring, like how long are her contractions in between and like how, you know, like she's monitoring essentially on the phone. And then she hands the phone to, she's like, okay, well, I said, I need a pee. So why don't you go to the bathroom? You can go to the bathroom and then just come back, hand the phone to David, please hand the phone to David and like 1 15 or 1 30 in the morning. And I'm in the bathroom having multiple contractions on the way and on the way back and on the toilet thinking like, I don't really think this is it, but maybe this is it. I don't still, I'm like having this mindset, like this isn't really happening. Um, so then David uh, is talking with her and she's like telling him in case we don't make it there in time, this is what you do. <laughs> like oh, no. you're going to check for the cord and if they feel the cord, just make sure you just like move it out of the, you know, like things like this. Like, David's like, okay, this is like, what? Turns out I was in active labor. And she, she's like, okay, well, Becky will be there soon. So by that time, we got off the phone, and it's 1.30, 1.45. And then Naomi, we wake up David's sister uh, in the basement. She comes up right away, and it's around 2 o'clock, and Becky's on her way. From where Becky lives to where we are, there is a train. There, This train is like the midnight freight train that lasts for 30 minutes. Not 30, but like a good 10 minutes. And it just seems yeah. like eternity. She got stuck behind the train. And here Naomi comes up. As soon as Naomi came up at 2 or 2.15, I was like... <gasps> this baby's coming and he's coming quick and I feel like he's like getting here and I don't know what's happening, but it's happening all of a sudden right now. And then finally, <laughs> finally Becky arrives at two 30 or three. She checks me. She's she, and I'm like in the bathtub. We have like the water tub, but it's not even filled yet. So I'm like, just get the bathtub ready. So I'm sitting in the bathtub and I'm like, the water feels so good, but I'm like so cramped. I'm just like, I feel like a big whale inside of this thing and I can't move. And I'm like, I got to get out and Becky finally comes they're like Becky Jenny's calling for you she really needs you right now she needs you right now she comes on up and then she's like you know she's she's also a trained doula as well she's a midwife and a doula she's like it's okay honey we're getting everything ready for you to have us if you want me to check you I can check you I said yes I need you to check me I need you to check me right now so so she's like we're getting it ready and I got out of the tub and then I'm like I need to sit on the toilet so I can't even get to the place for her to check me because I'm just feeling the urge right so then I sit on the toilet. I finally, finally make it to the bed at this point, probably three 30. And she checks me and she's like, Oh, you are 10 centimeters and fully effaced. You are ready to have this baby. And I was like, what? <laughs> I can't believe it. She's like, but your waters are still intact. And then as soon as she left, she's like, Annie and David, why don't you come into place? My other friend, Annie and my water at that point, they came next to me. And then my water like spilled all over, like my husband's brand new Birkenstock sandals. Oh. Like, like what a way to break in your sandals, right? It's like by my water breaking all over them. So um, anyway, at that point, uh, the whole, the troops start coming in. Our other midwife, like uh, uh, we have, uh, my sister in law came. Um, our midwife also had an assistant who's training to be an, a, a midwife, and so like everybody just came. And then I had the baby like an hour later. Wow. So that was a very fast, it felt like it was very fast, even though it was like kind of taking its time a a full day before. Right. But that's just very indicative of who he is as a person. You know, he's just so chill. He's like so chill. So I'm, I was so grateful that he came into the world the way that he did. Um, And so I had a second home VBAC. 
Yeah. So yeah. And then after that, my best friend um, from college, Melissa, um, she had just uh, got, she had just received her postpartum doula license. Okay. So in weeks leading up to this, she and I were talking about postpartum and everything and the first 40 days book and, and just how important it is for us to really care for ourselves. So it was really her, it was really Melissa that had said, you know, I mean, she, so she decided like she came out and she was essentially my postpartum doula and she spent a weekend with me um, processing the birth, but also encouraging me to just like not get up. I would say out of, for my first 40 days, I mean, I got up twice. It, I remember in the first week, maybe once to take pictures, like with our photographer. Our photographer um, could not make it, unfortunately. She was there for a second one, but she was out of town. And then our backup one didn't get there in time because it was so fast. Oh, yeah. um, and that's okay. We got video because I just want to be able to see and process after. That's part of my postpartum healing is processing mm. and having those pictures or having visuals or a video really helps me to process what because in a way when you're in labor you're not always in your in your conscious mind because your body is kind of taking over and doing its thing right Mm -hmm. but in a way sometimes you are in your conscious mind because I just remember like hearing my son talking and I was kind of like shushing him and I remember like I was in the middle of a contraction and saying is the video camera on (laughs) (laughs) like so in a way you're like out of it but then you're also not like there's so so many yeah yeah there's so many feelings that you're going through and the hormones there's so many things going on when you're in labor um but what was I saying a postpartum yeah so my friend uh melissa came and uh that was oh yeah so i i did photos like i got up one time to take photos mm-hmm. um and then i i i would get up from time to time um but i knew the importance of literally just laying down and mm-hmm. i i knew because my the midwives had said it's so important for you jen if you decide to go down, down the stairs, you need to stay downstairs all day long. Mm. You can't just go up and down the stairs after you have given birth because it's so crucial that your body heals and that your body does what it needs to do. I mean, you know, I just, I'm learning still every single day about my body and about my hormones. And like the other day I was learning about sink uh sinking my cycle and learning mm. about the fourth trimester like the four phases that we as women go through with our cycles which i never really re- like learned in terms of like knowing the the terms you know luteal phase so you know like yeah luteal phase uh new moon phase you know your ovulation time and 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 how it correlates to the four different seasons and like what i learned even just recently i i feel like i have it written down here yeah so in our post like if you happen to be pregnant our fourth So like we have winter, spring, summer, and fall, right? Like winter Mm -hmm. is when you are having your period, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is when you are, you know, it's the new moon period. Spring is your follicular. That's when you have lots of energy. Your summer is when you ovulate, right? That's a summer Mm -hmm. season. And then fall is your luteal phase. It's the longest time. It's when we harvest. You're waiting and waiting and waiting for your period to come. You're nesting. And like the nesting part is really like, 
like if you're pregnant, that's like when you're nesting and you're getting ready to have a baby. And, um, and she said, like, I think she said the postpartum time really is like when you are just sitting in and that's like your fourth, you know, your fourth trimester, um, should, I feel like I wrote it down here. Um, I'm just looking here because all yeah. of my scratch anyway. So yeah, so I'm still learning. So I feel, I feel like that time because the first time I wasn't thinking about it at all and just like out and going, I'm just so grateful that I had more information about how important it is for us to rest and to sleep and just to sleep. I just remember sleeping all the time and nursing and connecting with my baby and having skin to skin. Like, right. So So anyway, so important. I (laughs) I completely agree. Oh, so long winded. Sorry. No, no, I love (laughs) it. I shouldn't say sorry. That's another thing I'm working on is not to apologize, like for taking up any space. Right. Like, God, that's like another thing too. Like I feel like as women, we are just so used to, or at least me, I'm so used to saying sorry all the time. And mm. so, um, but yeah, thank you for. <laughs> yes. I love it. Thank and you for listening. also this is your space to take up. So like you don't thank need to you. apologize for being here because I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> with all that said though, I would absolutely love for you to tell me your words of wisdom, your little nugget for other moms out there you know, going through postpartum and trying to figure it all out, what are your words of wisdom after these three very different experiences? Mm. What would be your words of wisdom to other moms? Oh my gosh, it's always so, because it's so personal, right? Yes. It's so, this is, it's such a personal experience. And this isn't like, the beauty of this is that we celebrate all women, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether you choose to have your birth with an OB in a hospital, whether you choose to have a C-section, whether you choose to have a home birth with a midwife and a doula, whether you choose to have an unassisted birth at home, mm-hmm. there are so many ways that women give birth. And I think that one thing that I am learning more and more is just to support all women Mm. because it's just all, it's always been so hard for me. I remember not even wanting to tell a single person that I was having a home birth with my second. And now I'm here talking with you in a podcast, sharing my birth stories. Mm -hmm. Like I just felt so much shame surrounding that. Yeah. I felt so much shame because like everybody, every time I told someone in the Philippines when I was going to give birth to my first, why would you have a home birth that's so unsafe, people would say. Mm. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, like it depends on the mindset you're going, you know, like and also about how educated you are going into it. I did end up having a C-section, but I, I also knew that that was a choice I made to transfer. You know, I knew that there were risks and I know that anyway. So that being said, I just think that as women, we should support one another and be open to hearing people's stories, to be willing to process your story, Mm. to talk about your story. Because when we don't talk about our stories, I think that that's when we could go down a slippery slope 
you know, um, I've had to work a lot through my first birth story. Mm. I've had to work through it and heal from that um, and grow to love and accept that mm. and to say, it's okay. It's totally okay. And, and, and you have choice. So, and to n don't go in with, or maybe, I mean, you can do what you want, but <laughs> try to, try to go, go into it with no fear, you know, because the fear I think is where, what can keep us from opening, Yeah, from opening and, and not just <laughs> physically physically opening it's it's the truth mm -hmm. like if we are closed to it and we are afraid we hold on to it and we are not open but when we are not afraid we are more likely to to surrender to that moment and open physically mm -hmm. but also open in our minds yeah i just encourage women to just be open and to learn more to really dig in and learn as much as you can and to continue learning um, because I think that when we do that and we also take that time to learn and care for ourselves, we are also able to show up for the people around us, our children and our families, and to show what it means to be an empowered woman making her own choices for her family, mm -hmm. you know, um, yes. right? Yes. So we essentially, it's important for us to be empowered. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I agree. Right? That's yes. it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I completely I it. agree. Yes, I do too. Oh my gosh. Jen, thank you so much for this. This was amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. It was just so thank good. You. You're so thank welcome. you. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so geeked about it. I'm like so excited to share this with people and to, you know, have people be um, you know, open to listening to these stories. Oh, me too. It's, it's it's so cool what you're doing. Thank really. You. It's really, truly amazing. Oh, thank you. And thank you for sharing today. It was so good. Sure. Thank you. And thank you, listener. If you enjoyed this story as much as I did, subscribe, give us a rating and share with your friends. It really helps other folks find this podcast and feel seen and less alone.